Welcome to the Nutrition Bits and Bites podcast. On each episode of Nutrition Bits and Bites, we share a topic from the intriguing world of nutrition. I'm Jamie Mills, a dietetic intern from the University of St. Joseph, and I'll be your guest host for today's episode. Today's topic is polycystic ovarian syndrome. Polycystic ovarian syndrome, often referred to as PCOS, is an endocrine disorder that affects 5-10% to of women around the world. It is both a chronic and a heterogeneous disorder, which means that there is no cure and the syndrome differs from each person who has it. Not everyone with PCOS has the exact same set of symptoms or is affected by their symptoms in the same way. The causes of PCOS are still unknown and widely misunderstood, which makes treatment options difficult. However, PCOS is theorized to be contributed to both genetic and environmental factors. PCOS generally affects adolescents and women of reproductive age. Symptoms include, but are not limited to, infrequent menstrual periods, infertility because of lack of ovulation, increased hair growth on the face, chest, stomach, back, thumbs, or toes, acne, oily skin, and dandruff, weight gain, especially around the midsection, insulin resistance, um, dark patches of skin behind the neck, um, high cholesterol, thinning hair, pelvic pain, and depression. PCOS requires a clinical diagnosis. Unfortunately, it is missed or underdiagnosed and takes an average of four physicians to make a proper diagnosis. Doctors who diagnose PCOS are primary care doctors, endocrinologists, and gynecologists. In order to be diagnosed with PCOS, the patient must have at least three of the symptoms previously described. In order to make a clinical diagnosis, most doctors require blood tests to look at abnormal hormone levels, as well as ultrasounds to identify multiple cysts on the ovaries. When looking at blood tests, the hormone levels, it is common to see elevated androgens, otherwise known as the male hormones. However, this does not mean that the woman has decreased female hormones. In patients with PCOS, her estrogen is normal, but the testosterone is usually elevated. Many women with PCOS also suffer from insulin resistance. This may or may not mean that they have high blood glucose. The insulin resistance is one of the main contributing factors to the excessive weight. Unfortunately, women with PCOS are predisposed to multiple other conditions such as type 2 diabetes, heart disease, metabolic syndrome, high blood pressure, and certain cancers. A new finding in women with PCOS is the correlation between the syndrome and eating disorders. Due to the uncontrollable weight gain and inability to lose weight despite their best efforts, many women partake in unhealthy practices and attempt to lose weight. Eating disorders in women with PCOS often go unnoticed and undiagnosed since they are often encouraged to lose weight. It is a problem because these women need to be encouraged to lose weight but in a healthful way. The number one treatment for PCOS with the best outcome is weight loss. There are Other treatments such as medication to regulate hormones, but weight loss is found to be the most effective. Studies have shown that losing just 5-10% to of total weight can improve all symptoms. Unfortunately, there are currently no standard dietary guidelines for PCOS. How can this be? Research supports that weight loss is the main component to managing the syndrome, yet it is still unknown what diet works best for women with PCOS. One reason for this may be that the syndrome displays so differently in each woman that it's hard to find a one-size-fits-all diet since the syndrome is not necessarily one-size-fits-all. It has been theorized that consistent carbohydrate diets and low glycemic index diets are the most appropriate for women with PCOS due to managing insulin resistance. While it may be beneficial for some women, <clears throat> neither of these diets is specific to the diagnosis. So as dietitians, how can we help our patients with PCOS? Well, first and foremost, it is important to individualize our counseling sessions with our patients and let them know that we see them as individuals. 
It is also important to express empathy and compassion. Many women with PCOS feel misunderstood and alone. Many also feel frustrated and even helpless that they are unable to lose weight, even when they make healthy choices. It is important to rely on motivational interviewing skills and to create SMART goals with our PCOS patients and give them realistic challenges that they can maintain and stick with. It is also important to not only encourage weight loss, but to emphasize the health benefits of a healthy lifestyle. Perhaps setting goals that do not pertain to a number on a scale could be more motivating and more beneficial for women with PCOS so that they can see their hard work pay off in other ways. Last but not least, it is always important to keep in mind that we are not there to treat their obesity, we are there to help treat their PCOS. PCOS is the problem and the obesity is the result of that problem. It is important to focus on the whole patient and all of her symptoms and not let her weight define all aspects of her health. It is important to encourage healthy behaviors regardless of her size. Until next time, this is Jamie Mills signing off for Nutrition Bits and Bites. Nutrition Bits and Bites is not meant to substitute for a physician care. Check with your physician if you suspect you have medical condition that needs attention.